0: to another episode of in our 1990s the podcast where your two hosts are ranking all of the alternative albums of the 90s along with the corgi that always barks at the beginning of every episode uh we're here in 2021 because we fucking survived and things everything's still shit guys are you know not giving their kids beans ken jennings is losing it
1: we're cyberbullying Mitch McConnell now.
0: We're real bullying Mitch McConnell now. Oh, hell yeah. This one painted his front door.
1: We live bitch and Mitch McConnell won't.
0: And I'm your host, uh, Natalie, trying to just r- steer right away from that uh, illegal topic. And that was brought up by my co-host Hadrian. How are you doing, Hadrian?
1: Uh, fucking with the system and breaking the law.
0: <laughs> breaking the law. Breaking, breaking the, the law. law. <laughs> we, we took a couple of weeks off. Um,
1: we did it. We, we,
0: the fucking December just was, December sucked, and then we got sick, and it, w- it was still December, and everything was terrible, Um, but we're back, and I feel better, I don't know about you. It's like
1: our own personal version of hell, but it's that Green Day song, but now it's not Wake Me Up When September ends, but it's December.
0: I'm glad that December's over. Yep. And I'm not looking forward to aging another year in, in two months, but. You know, I start off every year feeling like shit, so my birthday is pretty early in the year. And, and then then after my birthday, it gets better. Except for last year when, you know, right before my birthday is when the pandemic started. And, you know.
1: I was going to go to an Orville Peck concert.
0: Yeah, we we had all kinds of plans.
1: Man, still have tickets to the Orville Peck concert. And if you haven't listened to Orville Peck, fucking do that. He's <laughs> real good.
0: Someone who would be on this show if he had existed in the 90s.
1: By, but we will dutifully talk about his alt-country inspirations
0: or you will anyway i've still literally heard one orville peck song ever
1: you should listen to more Peck. he's 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 sad cowboy more is he yeah
0: but without those politics was not into the one song i heard but i understand everyone loves him um anyway this week we're gonna do stuff that people don't love um, and we're gonna kick it off with uh, the 1996 album by The Cure, "Wild Mood Swings," our, our first Cure album. One one of two Cure albums we will be able to do on this show. Huzzah! Which is sad because one of those two Cure albums is probably my second favorite, and the other one is is not. <laughs> um, at least we can't do the self-titled album on this show because my God, the worst. Worst cure album. God, that album's terrible. Anyway, Wild Moon Swings is not terrible though. It's it's alright. It's,
1: it's, it's good.
0: It's it's probably like bottom five cure albums for maybe maybe higher than that now. Um I'm not a huge fan of of uh Boys Don't Cry, which I know is like sacrilege. Or no, wait, no, I like Boys Don't Cry. It's uh um Three Imaginary Boys is the one I don't like very much. That's um, probably my least My second least favorite Cure album after the self-titled album from like 2001 or whenever that shitty thing came out.
1: That's fair. I mean, I've always kind of liked this album, but I I realized listening to it this time, I don't like it as a piece.
0: Right. That's a really good way to put it.
1: Yeah, it's like each, like there are some really good songs and very nice Cure-ass songs on this album. But when you start listening to it, because I had it on in my office and I just was listening to it through and... It's like, how long is this fucking album? It's like, it's
0: well, it's a Cure album, so...
1: Yeah, but normally that doesn't really bother me with the Cure. But in this album, it became incredibly aware. I became incredibly aware of...
0: This is one of those albums that has a really hard turn into mediocrity, a little over halfway through it.
1: I feel the 13th kind of hits there some, but...
0: I, I think that... Jupiter Crash is fine, and everything after Jupiter Crash, I would not be sad if I never heard it again.
1: Bear's alright.
0: I don't even remember what Bear sounds like.
1: It's, it's it's a very...
0: I was just looking at the track list, and that's like the one song on the album that I cannot pull up what it sounds like in, in my head.
1: It's just a generic, like, slow cure song. And then that's really why it's not bad. It's just like, no, oh, that's a generic slow cure song
0: yeah you can kind of say about every song on this album that it's a generic version of another cure song uh, if you wanted to be uncharitable or realistic
1: <laughs> yeah i mean it, it's definitely they needed to change aspects of what the what they were doing and I, I i can tell that robert smith feels this was them honing that sound they had done previously I don't think it is that, but I can definitely see where he would come from if he thinks that.
0: Yeah, I think this is a... I mean, the album is called Wild Mood Swing, so maybe this isn't surprising. But like, this is a really incoherent album as a as an album. I mean yeah. it's it's a, it sounds like a singles selection. And it's not. It was it was meant to be a cohesive album and it just utterly fails at that, which I think is partially why I've always kind of had negative feelings about it, because The Cure is one of those bands that is really good at making a cohesive album.
1: Yeah, it's kind of let you down.
0: Yeah, this one... I mean, the concept, I guess... It it feels like they wrote a bunch of songs that don't go together at all and then made up a concept afterwards to justify why the songs sound like they should all be on different albums (laughs) or by different bands.
1: This is a mess. Why do we have jingly bells now like or xylophone is really what it is uh wild mood swings oh ah, yes this will correct everything that's wrong with this album
0: yeah so robert smith says this is one of his top five favorite cure albums which is shocking to me that it could be one of anyone's top five favorite cure albums
1: yeah i don't think it's i mean i don't i don't have a, a deep like cure ranking system as, as you have uh but I never... I really like the song Mint Car.
0: Mint Car is really good.
1: And that was why I was like, yeah, that album seems all right. Mint Car is pretty good. Listening to it again, I'm like, oh, I see what Natalie means. I still don't think it's a bad album in any way. It's just kind of a tired
0: sounding album. Uh, Yeah, I definitely wouldn't say it's bad. I mean, when I say... The something is in like the bottom five Cure albums, that still means it's better than 90% of all music that's ever been released. <laughs> <laughs> like the Tocto Twins worst album is better than 100% of all music that's ever been released. But, but with the Cure, it, it's, you know, th- there is literally no Tocto Twins album I dislike. There's one Cure album that I hate and then several that I think are like whatever, like they're just there. Yeah, And then most of them are great. So. I feel
1: Wallflowers, I didn't like a lot when it was new. Bloodflowers? Bloodflowers, yes. Yeah. Sorry. That's sorry. My, right. my, my brain is all over the place. Uh, but I like it more as I get older. It's just, it's a lot to contemplate.
0: I loved Bloodflowers when it came out because it wasn't, it didn't sound like the self-titled album. That's fair. Where they decided they were going to be a the most generic possible alternative rock band <laughs> that sounded nothing the fuck like the hero. I mean, Me. this is
1: one of the, the long tradition of people who got, who are the founding, found like the foundational bands of the goth concept, wanting to not do that because they never set out to be goth and they just got that, they got that thrust upon them. But I'm like, some bands can't escape being goth and Robert Smith would have to reassess the entirety of his lyrics if he wants to avoid being <laughs> considered a goth band.
0: I watched a, a like documentary type thing about the Cure recently, yep. which really was just a like a compilation of like Cure media appearances and them talking about their videos and stuff. But there was a part where Robert Smith, I think this is when pornography came out. Mm-hmm. It was really early on where he was like, I, "I felt like we had done everything we could do and we weren't going to put out another album." And it was, you know, this is like the mid '80s. He's talking about like we've done everything we can do, and the band should have broken up. But then he kind of gets more into um, talking about how like every time they put out an album, they alienate a bunch of their fans, and it's like that what we were before was not the only thing we are. Like we just make make whatever music we want to make. Yeah. And if you you know people who liked Faith don't like. The head on the door or whatever because um, I can't imagine someone liking faith and then hating pornography because they're both dark as shit but
1: yeah and I, and I don't think the core of who the Q, Q as musicians changed very much like the way that the, the the piece that they print put into the world was tonally different but the through line is still what they're doing and and I don't think that's particularly far off with this album like it is an amalgamation of everything they'd done prior. And it still has that very wispy, sad, but trying to pull it together and function and being very wistful, like, vibe that a lot of Cure songs have. Like, it's just, it's it's not necessarily depression, it's not necessarily being overtly dark, some songs are, but there's just this dreaminess that is, that falls through all of, that flows through all of the Cure's music, and it's That is a quintessential aspect of goth. That's why bands that are directly goth bands, like we're going to talk about the bats and the crypt and all this shit, that's club music. What goths actually listen to at home is mid-car.
0: In a way, it's the difference between, like, I don't know, like a Harlan Ellison novel and a Star Wars Extended Universe novel. Like, the level of... Single influence, I guess, is yeah. a like that's a, that's an unfair way to put it, but like it's genre versus art, which again, I don't want to get into like being as pretentious as like the Cure is great art because who like I don't give a fuck about that, but like I hope the point is coming across, like like the people who listen to Bauhaus and that's like their sole aspiration is like how close can we sound to to Bauhaus. Versus Robert Smith, who is like, I love all kinds of music, and I I want my own work to reflect that. Yeah. But that's the difference between Cure and a club goth band.
1: Yeah, and then there's nothing wrong with that. And it's why it's hard to define what goth transitioned into. Because it really did become a spirit or a sense of place and creation than a type of music. And it never really had been a type of music. Like... Sisters of Mercy didn't consider themselves a goth band. Formative and wildly influential within all the bands that followed them.
0: Yeah, no one ever considers themselves to be, like, or at least they didn't. Now now everyone has to, like, relentlessly classify their music, you know. This isn't Vaporwave, it's Death Dream. It sounds exactly like Vaporwave, but it's totally different.
1: (laughs) But I'm sad about it.
0: Um... It, like that, that didn't exist in the 90s. Like, nobody wanted to be called a genre. Yeah. And it kind of destroyed music around around the time this album came out. Honestly, like, 1996 is when I remember all the bands who had been called, like, Shoe for example, being like, We're not fucking Shoe Days bands. See, we'll put out a Britpop album. And then it, like, just sucked fucking ass and, and it kills their career because guess what? You were a Shoe Days band.
1: <laughs> Sometimes the label fits and like and that's okay and that's i don't know i i feel this album is not it is it had to happen i think this had to happen that this this appraisal of their career and sound and rough mishmash of of tones had to happen for them to go anywhere else
0: also well, i don't want to I Or rather, I can't decide whether Disintegration or Wish is my favorite here album, but those are my two favorites. And so this being the follow-up to Wish after five years of waiting, that was another reason that it was <laughs> a huge letdown, because the drop-off from Wish to this is like, it It definitely was a thing that when I bought this album, like the day it came out, I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> no this isn't good this isn't like wish
1: oh yeah i had that i had that same experience with franz ferdinand like their third album that album's fine it's it's actually pretty good but that following their second album which was this just like british nostalgia like wonder piece of of chunky beats and witty lyrics and to into this very depressing thing that they did and i was like no. And now I go, yeah, that's fucking great. That's a good album. But it took But that, that drop off that, that, that you were waiting so long and because it was about five years between the two albums I'm talking about, I was just like I can't continue with Franz Ferdinand. And I feel bad about that because they're one of my favorite bands and I just cut, cut all ties. <laughs> and, well, it's, and, it's, and it happens. And I think that's a reasonable uh, analysis of your reaction to this album.
0: Right, and and I don't like, again. I don't hate this album. Like I actually, it's it's definitely one of those. If any other band had put this out, I would have liked it a lot more. Albums. Um, it's just as the Cure's follow up to Wish, which is, you know, again one of their two best albums, as far as I'm concerned. That's what made me just listen to it and be like, I guess bands that you th- are like your favorite band can. Not always made good stuff, huh? Because <laughs> before that, I hadn't really had that experience. Oh, know?
1: yeah. It's like uh, with the Divine Comedy, we'll talk about Casanova on this on this, po- <laughs> on this podcast. And I think that Casanova is a much better album now than I did when I first heard it. And a short album about love, also a much better album than when I first heard it. We'll also talk about it on this podcast because that man was prolific as fuck in the 90s, but
0: so okay we should talk some specifics um so it, this first song in the album is want which sounds a lot like uh burn the song they did for the crow soundtrack only like so. a band that's not the cure who liked that song a lot and wanted to make a song similar to it <laughs> which is going to be the theme throughout this album um it, because every song almost well okay so all the good songs on this album Sound like exactly like another song that's way better. Oh yeah. Except for Club America, which doesn't sound like anything else that you ever did.
1: I like Club America.
0: It's it's the one time Robert Smith ever sang in a deep voice.
1: It is. His vocals
0: are so different on that track.
1: He's actually singing. Like there's like the Robert Smith voice, you know. Then here he's like.
0: He's doing goth voice on the song. Yeah, he's trying to do like a Peter Murphy. Baritone goth voice.
1: Yeah, it was very disjoint, this very jarring. The first time I heard it, I thought, and like
0: if the whole, imagine if the whole album had been like that, like because Club America is a fucking banger,
1: and that would have been a nice, just like juxtaposition.
0: Like it does have some of that like swirly rock guitar that that Wish had. I mean, of, of all the songs on the album, it, it sounds the most like something that would have been on Wish, except for the way he sings, um, and and just the fact that those lyrics are very very political for the cure. I mean, the fact that it's called to love America is not really that it's making a big political statement outside of boy, America sure does love excess. It's more of a personal thing. And, and as always, he said that, that was it was kind of a self-criticism because he said he would come to America and really play up his celebrity in a way he normally doesn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, and this is a lie is kind of a more acoustic cello-y, <laughs> very of the night of the mid nineties kind of song um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty it's fine I don't have much to say on that one so then we get to the thirteenth which I think I think this is one we should hang out on because I feel like you don't like this song very much and I love it
1: it it was just a little too much
0: it's the caterpillar
1: yes <laughs> yes it is
0: if you liked the and as someone who likes the top. Way more than than most other Cure fans. <laughs> like, that's definitely in my top ten Cure albums. I, it, you know.
1: And I don't like the <laughs> Caterpillar very much, so... And I
0: fucking love the Caterpillar.
1: And you know what? That's fine.
0: I love Bird Mad Girl.
1: Oh, God. Like, yeah, there's just sometimes a musician just has fun with it, and you go, cool, I'm glad you felt that. And then you just don't listen to it, and that's what I felt with this. I feel that way about many musicians that I adore.
0: I think there's just some really, really good chord changes on, on the 13th.
1: Well, that I, that I can agree with.
0: Yeah, it, it's it. And that was, I think the first single they put out for the album. I think that was actually before mint car, which again, like I heard that, I heard that single before I heard the album. Cause it came out first and I was like, Oh, this is a good sign. It's, it's a little weird. It's not really like wish, but it's like the caterpillar and, and I love the top. Um, And then you know the album came out, but um, so yeah, Mint Car also was like the big single off off of this, and it's like a Cure pop song. Like it's it's really good. I don't like it as much as I like the Thirteenth, but
1: yeah, and and it's not like it's not a, a Cure song that I will be like that is my absolute favorite Cure song. It's just it's probably my favorite song on this album besides uh. What was that club america but yeah it was just it was a nice refreshing song it's it's a it's a song that you can it has a nice mood elevating effect that i will put on other playlists
0: well so my absolute favorite song on the album is strange attraction which is one of my absolute favorite cure songs period like i've said before it, or i said before we were started recording that it's like I think I said it was maybe top five favorite Cure songs. It's, it's probably not that high. It's definitely in my top 10 favorite Cure songs. I, th- I think it is the absolute far and away best thing on this album. Um, the lyrics to Strange Attraction, if you've never heard the song or heard it and didn't pay attention to the lyrics, the lyrics are so fucking good. Mm-hmm. It's about Robert Smith meeting. And, and I just say, usually I try to separate, separate singer and, and lyrics, but this is about Robert Smith meeting a girl, probably a fan, who is sending him love letters. And he's starting to get feelings for her because she just seems so perfect and, and like she just knows him so well and they have this connection. And then they meet and her opening line is, can I use some of your lipstick? And it's that's so fucking funny. And so unexpected for Robert Smith who doesn't write funny lyrics. And doesn't write story lyrics. Yeah, his his lyrics are usually a lot more vague and poetic than than that. But this is a straight up story song, like
1: this is a song that sat on him for a while, and you can kind of feel that, and it makes it good. Though. And
0: and it's meant to be. I mean, it's the closest to Morrissey that Robert Smith ever gets. Oh, for like sure. Totally playing up the Robert Smith character the the gloom and doom, gloom and doom hippie who wears lipstick like just <laughs> and then of course in the end she is like oh I you know I, I thought we'd be I thought you'd be the one but it seems reality destroys our dreams so it's such a great line <laughs> um and just such a encapsulation of of the cure um. I, I love Strange Attractions. So, I mean, and it helps that it's like melodically and, and from just a music perspective, it's it's amazing too. Yeah. And it's very bouncy and poppy and doesn't really, I mean, it kind of sounds like Head on the Door era Cure, but like way better than, than any song on the Head on the Door.
1: Yeah. And which is, it's the testament to this album being them trying to perfect a sound and like their craft and the way that they're doing these kinds of songs. And I think you needed that, the entire history of the Cure up until this point to get that song. And that's great. It's a, it's a song that speaks of its place in time.
0: Right. Uh, and it's, I mean, like, I think that if the album had been, like, if Club America had been the blueprint for the album, it would have been great. And I think if the 13th and Strange Attraction had been the blueprint for the album, it would have been great. Um, but unfortunately, those are just surrounded by, you know, stuff like Jupiter Trash, which is good, but really mediocre, in my opinion. Like, it's just a pretty song. It's, it's not anything special. And then I think like everything after Jupiter Crash is, I mean, like I said, it's it's just varying degrees of whatever. I, I think Gone is sucks. <laughs> I hate that song. It's like Gone is like their attempt to recreate the Love Cats, only terrible.
1: Mm. That was the fourth single. And no, sir. I
0: can't. Yeah, I can't imagine why they would have thought that Gone was like a thing to release because it's like hey, what if we did big band, but instead of getting an actual band, we used really cheesy sounding synthesizers?
1: Nope, let's not do that.
0: Like, it's, yeah. that's So, like, the rest of the album is just a bummer for me, but, like, because because it reaches that peak of, like, the 13th Strange Attraction and Mint Car all in a row, mm-hmm. it is, you're kind of like, all right, yeah, I'm getting into this, and then it's just like, off a cliff after. And all very
1: <laughs> samey. Like those last the, yeah. last, the last half of the album is just very, just like, oh, I oh, guess this is a different song. Oh, I didn't realize because that's when I would have my phone up because I, I have my speakers in my office are Bluetooth now, so I can have my phone at my desk and have my my playing through those speakers, and I'll look at the songs that they're playing. And
0: you, like at least Gone stands out. The last four songs on the album, like or five, hmm. Numb, Return, Trap, Treasure, Bear, like. Those are those might as well be one song, as far as I'm concerned. Oh yeah, I
1: agree. I think Bear stands out just because it's a little bit slower and a little bit more dreamier, a little, little more dreamy. Uh, but yeah, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's and it's, and that's and it's okay. Like sometimes you, not everything is going to be perfect.
0: Yeah. So this is yet another example of like, there's a, a hell of an EP in here. Yes. And unfortunately, they felt like they had to make it a you know hour-long album
1: i wish they hadn't because i sat there for that last 30 minutes just going "Why?"
0: and then didn't do anything else until they made something way way worse
1: i feel 40 minutes is like the sweet spot of how long an album
0: it really is and and like albums now can can be around that length and a lot of them are like 30 minutes and if you're all sweatshirt your album's like you know, 12 songs in five minutes or whatever is, yeah. like, or that one album was they put out recently that was really good. But also like, wow, every song in this album is like a minute long.
1: This is what it means to be a SoundCloud rapper.
0: <laughs> yeah, except he was before, before SoundCloud.
1: I know, but a, that that album gave me very SoundCloud. Yeah, rapper it, it vibes. really did
0: have that like, why would you make a song longer than a minute and a half thing that a lot of SoundCloud rap has. Um, which, hey, I, I don't. I would better that than the songs all be too long. Mm-hmm. I'd rather them be too short leave me wanting more. All right, well, let's rank this thing. Yeah, um, I'll let you
1: lead that charge.
0: All right, well, it's definitely not going at the bottom of the list, but its I feel like it's better to start at the bottom than at the top. I didn't think about where I would want to rank this. Um...
1: I mean you get a pretty you get a pretty fair shot from me on this cuz I think wherever you rank it's probably going to be fair.
0: What do you think about between Fort Space Alpha and Gold Mother, which would make it number 38?
1: I think that's fine. I think it's a, I think it's a Gold Mother level album.
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I, I I liked it more than Gold Mother, but like if I were to go back and look at the number of songs that I like on both, it's probably about the same. <laughs> yeah. So, um yeah, I'm ma- making sure I don't think anything below it is, like, Wildly being done better. horrible injustice by this. So, yeah, I think I think 38 is, like, pretty good.
1: Yeah, that's a, that's a completely fair placement.
0: All right. So that's going to be uh, Wild Mood Swings by The Cure doing at number 38 between Fox Space Alpha by Saint-Étienne and Old Mother by James. And we will come back after a break and talk about Rammstein. corrected during the break. Told that it is Rom, or S- Just say or Stein. Rammstein.
1: Yeah, just say Romstein. No, I'm gonna say
0: it right. How Ram, do you say
1: it? Romstein. But Romstein. Yeah, because the S T sound is mosaic st- sound, so they give it like Wolverine claws.
0: I want to pronounce things correctly because. But that's I'm an also asshole very about people pronouncing Japanese directly, and I know zero about German. But but I, that's also I very. Try.
1: But it's also very accented, and this will come into play with the way I say things. Uh, When I was taking German in school, I was, I was mocked relentlessly because I say ich rather than ich.
0: Well, say the, say the name of the album too. Uh, Seinsucht. Okay. Which is from 1997, right? Yes. Okay. Now, now go off.
1: (laughs) Now go off. Okay. Hold on. I got to get back to the fucking thing. All right. I'm back to the fucking thing. That's not the place I want to be on the thing. All right. So Seinsucht is a 1997 Rammstein album and it's their second album. Of, I believe it's their second album overall, second album of the '90s for sure. Hurt Slide is their first one, and it's a little bit more industrial, a little more KMFDM, even though Natalie will soon have a statement to say on this. Uh, but in with Sinsucht, which means longing, uh, it's really wrapped around that concept of longing and what longing means. Uh, so the the all of this, all of these songs vary wildly in their subject matter, largely spiraling around uh, taboo, sexuality, abuse, and BDSM. Not necessarily equating those things, but sort of that's sort of a central theme of Rammstein is exploring the depths of relationships and, and human corruption and self-destruction. And that's something most people who listen to them and never look up the lyrics or speak German would ever really get. So, the song uh, Seinsucht is longing, and it's going through the idea of never really belonging, never really finding a comfort pl- comfortable place, and sort of constantly searching and giving up, but still continuing to try. So you, you go through that, like, I, want to, I can't find a place to go, I keep trying to find a place to go, and you just have that moment where you're kind of defeated by it. It's a very longing, seepingly longing place. Uh, and that's really sets the tone for this album. It's like there's a longing in all of these songs that comes and goes in different ways. Uh I absolutely love the way this album sounds. And for its history, it charted fairly okay here, it was like number 45 or yeah, and but in Austria and Germany it was number 1 and this 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 album dominated the late 90s. Like it it was In this scene, you saw these shirts everywhere. You go through any mall in America, you would have seen like three dudes wearing different uh, faces of the band because the album actually had multiple, had a fold out cover that you could change whatever face was on front depending on which member of the band's face you liked more. And it's all in like these like really uh, distorted, powdered uh, face masks of made made out out of
0: like. spoons and forks and stuff yeah and
1: of like kitchen gear like it's like uh it's teal liedman the lead singer he has an egg uh ball gag in his mouth and yeah it, it's very it was very unsettling and i remember that most when i first saw this album cover i was walking beh- with my parents in the woodland hills mall in tulsa and there was a guy who seemed like a thousand feet tall wearing he had like the most industrial goth like look you would you can imagine for nineteen ninety seven and just this shirt with all of their faces on it and I was just enamored and horrified. And then that day my dad saw me looking at it and like that day my dad bought that album. <laughs> Not for me, he just wanted to know what the fuck that was. And it became a staple in car. rides it became the album that we had whenever we went places. And it was one of the reasons I started learning German, besides there being German around in my life prior to this. And I'm not very good at speaking German, but I can at least help. And so this this does have a, a very nostalgia hit for me, but I think it's very good. I think this album is strange in its in the realm of industrial music because it's not always super heavy. It's not trying to be loud and grating and heavy for for the purpose of being noisy. They use sound artfully. And so they take it and give it away, um the song Angle has uh, a guest vocalist who, when they were first touring with touring with the song, she would be there s- to- singing with them. And they would often remove it from their tour if she couldn't join them. They did do a recording version for a while. But, like, it just, it's different. It just, it's, it's, there's experiments. There's, there's artistry here. And I'll let Natalie say why that's not true.
0: Oh, i I wouldn't say that at <laughs> all. I I just think that this this album is it's early in their career and it sounds exactly like KMFDM. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's that's not a bad thing because I liked KMFDM just fine. I liked the majority of this album just fine. Um, this was kind of similar to Wild Mood Swings, where um, sorry, I got to get my notes pulled back up. Um, so uh, clav, clav- is it clavier clavier clavier. Clavier, okay it's my new least favorite song we've ever done on the show um oh. i hate depressive black metal and that's basically what that song is um i mean it it's not played the same but from in terms of a chord progression it is depressive black metal which as a person who suffers from depression i can't listen to
1: that's fair and the song is about longing for someone who used to be a musician a p- pianist to Reclaim her art and play again.
0: Yeah, and I think that pretty much everything after that song is kind of kind of just there for me. um Everything up to that song, again, I like as much as I like a good KMFDM album, which is to say it's really not my thing but i can kind of appreciate it as opposed to like it's really not my thing and therefore i can't understand why anyone would ever like it <laughs> which is let's say how i feel about roxy music <laughs>
1: yeah
0: um this most of this album does not depress me despite its subject matter um and not because, all of it's depressing because it has a beat um it is like danceable despite having like the chugging metal guitars It it has enough synths in it that it does, you know, it has a club music feel, and and I can get into that. Um, I, the- I do want to point out uh, it, the song that is spelled E-I-F-E-R-S-U-C-H-T. How do you say that? A for Yeah, I liked that song, even though it's after Clavier. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's the, like... FM synth baseline is, like, fucking great in that song.
1: <laughs> yeah, so that one's about jealousy. So it's like, I am more handsome, cut up my face. I am stronger, break my neck cowardly. I am smarter, kill me and eat my brain. I Do I have your wife? Kill me and eat me completely. Eat me up completely, then eat me up completely. Uh, yeah, it is like the Yeah, course... they were
0: real. They were, the Armin Maivez case made an impact on yeah, well one Rammstein. Well, that,
1: that case hasn't happened yet.
0: Oh really? Yeah,
1: like that. That happened in the like the late, not, a little bit later, oh, and shit. so the song uh Mind so Tile... So they
0: were already in a mindset for that case. So if you don't know, that's the the consensual cannibal case from Germany, where yeah. a guy went on a cannibal forum and found someone who offered to let him kill and eat him.
1: And uh, the song "Mind Tile," which appears on, I believe, on right. Moscow, uh, is like to du been vast to east if you are it's like if you are what you eat then you eat my you eat my part and <laughs> right and that
0: was the first thing I ever knew about ronstein is that they wrote a song about that case and so I just assumed that that had already happened and when they wrote a song about eat my brain and <laughs> take my power
1: yeah and jealousy is cooking is like the chorus of that song and that's like, what the song is it's really it's a it's I think that Seel Lindven is a great poet, and that doesn't necessarily come across unless you understand some German poetry. But it does if you do read it or have read any of it. And German poetry really does fit industrial music quite well because there are a lot of like clip sentences that mean a lot. Like the 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 the, the thing that's like the words "Mein Teil," like that just means "my part." But then like that that's more invocative of, of, of than just saying "my penis." Like, that it's like, it it means a whole lot more.
0: There's a, a, um, and again, this ties back into the cannibal case. There's a, a German director named Marian Dora, which is a pseudonym. Um, he made a really infamous exploitation, like art exploitation movie called Melancholy der, der Engel, the Melancholy of the Angel. And it, it's when people... A lot of people who reviewed it were like the dialogue in this movie is utterly is just utter nonsense because they were reading the English subtitles and it actually turns out that like the dialogue is just one long poem basically. Mm-hmm. So the characters are all speaking in like poetic verses, um, and that you know if you if if you don't know that and you're just reading a direct English translation of it that is like not trying to preserve that. <laughs> like apparently the di- I've I've not watched the movie because it has real animal cruelty by the truckload in it so i i can't watch it but um it, it's yeah it every review a lot of reviews i saw of it before that information sort of got out to the english-speaking world were just like the dialogue in this movie makes absolutely no sense
1: yeah and, and and that's the 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 power of german poetry and people are gonna be like well you're just like you studied German. You 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 would you care more about this if to us it just sounds like anger. I'm like, but the German is a very functional language and to write poetry in it is to subvert the function. It, it's one of the reasons that when uh Ger- German teenagers were adopting English because it's very easy to crossover from German to English, uh they were trying to make laws to preserve the German language because it would start disrupting their ability to write poetry if they lost the way the way to do these complex meanings. A great, a great example of this is the most famous song Rammstein has ever done that you know, you know, everyone knows, Du hast. Du hast means you hate, it also means you have. And in the English uh, version of the song that they did, they used the words you have. And the point is that it means both. And so the, so the, the song then takes on different char- a different character when you know that it is playing on the idea that that means both things. And it's, I I think that there's a lot of creativity and inspiration here that is lost when people just go, they're the Angry German Band. And I'm like, they they are poets and artists, and their videos can tie together and tell stories, and I made you watch Ich Tu de to before we started this podcast to just explain to the lengths to go to, like, be in his art. And I, I'm very fond of ours.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and and I'm not nearly as big a fan. I, I definitely don't hate them. Um, like they're fine. We we kind of talked. I mean, you talked about like Pitchfork giving this like a really bad review, two point
1: nine out of ten. Fuck and Pitchfork.
0: <laughs> yeah, like there's lots of reasons to say fuck Pitchfork, but that that was something I encountered a lot around the time this album came out. I remember. Some guys or a guy I had been talking to about starting a band because I wore a Lily's t-shirt on campus at school and he like yelled at me from across campus (laughs) because this is 1997 and we were the two people in Arkansas who knew who Kurt Heasley was. And so we bonded over, you know, the shared love of this obscure at the time indie band. And so we were like, you know, I found out he played drums and, we were like maybe we can start a band together and so like i played with him at his house once and i kind of knew it wasn't gonna work at one point because he and his roommate somehow got oh i um i had that thing that happens where your guitar amplifier picks up a radio signal and so like he was playing and then my amplifier started having like radio transmissions coming through it um and I said something about it sounding like Skinny Puppy. And he was like, oh god, that fucking band. And his roommate's like, yeah, the fact that they're called Skinny Puppy should tell you like how bad they are. And I was like, oh well. Yeah, so there was like a weird hipster kid like hatred of industrial music in the late 90s I, I guess because like nine inch nails got famous or something i don't know but, and i
1: like, and i i really hate that because I've, I've
0: always been that person who liked you know i liked skinny puppy and i liked lilies you know <laughs> like I, I live in a weird weird world in that sense
1: well you you appreciate like craftsmanship you appreciate musicianship and industrial music does actually take skill to play unlike some industrial bands seem to think um and Rammstein has always been at like the, the the heart of how do we make this music reflect our poetry and our and our art and also use it and subvert it. And I they they get a lot of money for the chugga chugga, but it's not the heart of their music. And like that's I mean the heart of the music is just being fucked up because like uh the, the less they're like uh tear means animal and uh that that song is about um child abuse and then murdering your abuser. Uh of me, of me means punish me. Uh uh is hard to explain, but it's basically don't face me. And is
0: the, they seem to translate it as bend over. Yeah, I bend over the, and don't look at me. It's yeah, the when idea. Yeah, the English lyrics.
1: Yeah. mit mir, play with me, uh which is another creepy song about two brothers uh, you know, sharing a bed. An incestuous relationship. There we go. <laughs> so, like a lot of these songs take the darker road of just human behavior. And that's when I realized that, when I started looking at the lyrics and understanding what they meant, I was like, oh, yeah, I get it. Man, people who play this song in public don't know. And that's why they had a very weird reaction in Germany, where in the rest of the world, they were like, yeah, that German band. And German and Austria are like, oh, this fucking band's great. Like, those those lyrics are crazy.
0: And then they put out the song Deutschland and pissed off Germany. Uh, you know, I I highly recommend watching that video. Mm -hmm. If you've never seen the Deutschland video, it's fucking incredible.
1: They take everyone to task. In which
0: they portray the spirit of Germany as a black woman. Which, you know, that, that can be like cheap, cheap woke points, but it is absolutely not in the case of this video. It's part of a much more powerful critique of German history, basically, and the sort of Mischaracterizations of German history and uh, the mythologizing of German history. Let's yes. say,
1: yes, and then then it's, you can erase too much, and you can try to sanitize your history too much. And sometimes Germany does go to lengths to do that. And they're saying you need to fucking own it, and you need to learn. It. And there's a lot of Germany that does that. Like the the emphasis the emphasis in German culture after World War II was to be good Europeans. Which is why they're very integral to the European Union, because they were like, yeah, we're not, we we are here to be good Europeans. <laughs> but we weren't, we were not good Europeans.
0: So, yeah, I mean, I agree, with, overall, I agree with you that, like, you're not giving them enough of a chance if you can't see any artistry in what they do, Um like, unfortunately, we are ranking them by their music here and not by their art overall. And I think um, we have to
1: consider the art in this album as part of their ranking.
0: Well, to the extent that it appears in the lyrics and, and the way the, the interplay between the music and lyrics, I think it's valid. I don't think we can rank this album based on its videos.
1: I, I'm not even ranking it on its videos. I'm talking about the album itself. I'm talking about the, what they've done here. And that's right. why I wanted to do... I I, per, I, like, I would not trust someone who didn't speak German to... Do this.
0: Yeah, and, and I I admit that that's, like... Because I read the lyrics in English and I could tell that, you know, like I was saying about Melancholy Daringal, it's, like... I can tell I'm missing something. Because a lot of the lyrics translated into English, like, seem borderline meaningless or nonsensical. Mm. Um, and I'm sure that that is because I'm not hearing them in the, the original language. And, like, I think I know enough i think i'm savvy enough that i can sort of compensate for that in ranking it and, and and you know acknowledge that if i were reading this in german i would probably get a lot more out of it than than reading it and i mean like the theme the general themes of like punishment and submission and and stuff come through or domination and submission come through but like not in a way that's like that I could appreciate a whole lot outside of recognizing that they're there.
1: And for me, I think they, they title their albums very specifically. And this one means longing. And each one of these songs tackles longing effectively and in its multitude of, of meanings. And like, you're longing something to end or longing to take revenge or you're longing to reclaim something that you had once. Or you're... And it's... I... You're... I. I'm gonna have to fight for this. I
0: don't think you're gonna have to fight as much as you think you are. Like I, I'm, it, I definitely don't dislike the album by any stretch of the imagination. But like, go ahead and hit me with a ranking, and then we'll talk about it from there.
1: Scroll it up that list.
0: Okay, that may be going too high.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you don't need to go higher than number six. I know,
1: I know, <laughs> I, and I was actually going to say ten
0: oh uh, you're trying to get me with kill uncle but like i think earthling is like a vastly better album than this
1: and i think they're i think
0: without you i'm nothing is a vastly 10 is a vastly better album immerdale is a vastly better album
1: <laughs> this is why i thought said i was gonna have to fight because i think it is worthy worthy of that spot and i think that it is it, it it sets the stage for what they do later, and it is it is them coming into this sound, and it matures and it turns into something just magical after this. But
0: what would you what would you think about number sixteen? Like I'm willing to give you that this could be better than than debut, even though it's debut is much more my thing than than this album.
1: I know I'm probably good, you're gonna just dig your heels in on flood. So, uh, I
0: could. I think Flood is, like, a million billion times better than this album. Um, but, like, I would rather have it go above Flood than above Emmerdale. Um, <laughs> which, like, Emmerdale and like Cardigans and, and Rammstein being next to each other is, is like, really weird. But, I mean, I really would prefer it being at number 16. Um, which, again, is putting it above... You see, I
1: think this is infinitely better than 10. So...
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I I can't with that it's I mean putting it this high is putting it above so many albums that I think are like way better
1: and I and I think that the album is much better than that I think it is well where I first said it should be but I will accept 16
0: okay and I'm glad to uh, I mean putting it above Bjork is a sacrifice for me because I, I think oh, Bjork album is infinitely better, a lot better than Bjork album
1: <laughs> <laughs> infinitely better
0: that's that's fine. Um yeah. This I, is
1: where our actual difference in taste comes in because I am very into this whole album as a cohesive piece. And I think it is very functional and effective and it is just a just a hit it out of the park. Like, yeah,
0: I don't disagree with that, and that's why I think that's why I'm willing to put it above debut because like like we talked about, that album's kind of all over the place. Yeah. Um, so I like I think that putting it above debut does recognize the conceptual like effect effectiveness of, of this album but i think flood has the same kind of conceptual effectiveness and i like it and i like it way way more mm. because it's just my thing more than than this
1: Then i don't think it's better than this but i don't want to fight that hard
0: <laughs> yeah because because the flood and emmerdale one two punches look pretty <laughs> pretty big um okay so that'll put say the say the album title again
1: sucked
0: above. Or it, that'll do it. Number thirteen between Flood and uh, by the We Giants and debut by Bjork. All right, and that is seventy albums that we've ranked now.
1: It's a whole lot of. It's a whole lot of. Whole lot of Milka.
0: <laughs> and XTC is still number one in the charts. Um, <laughs> so number ten is Kill Uncle by Morrissey. Number nine is Separations by Pulp. Number eight, Slanted and Enchanted by Pavement. Number seven, Superstition by Susie and the Banshees. Number six, Spooky by Lush. Number five, Very by the Pet Shop Boys. Number four, The Philosophy of Momus by Momus. Number three, Liberation by the Divine Comedy. Number two, Get Lost by the Magnetic Fields. And again, number one, non by by TC. New Year, same top ten. We she actually have... changed the top ten in our last episode of, of last year, but...
1: Um, I was trying. I tried to change uh, it again.
0: Uh, okay, so if you want to see our full listings, it's been a few weeks since I've done this. i got to remember what the outro is. No, I'm not going to write it down um, <laughs> like you always tell me to. I'm
1: thinking it real hard.
0: <laughs> uh, if you want to see our complete rankings, you can go to bit.ly slash nr1990s. That's bit.ly slash nr1990s. You can also go on Spotify and search for In Our 1990s to find every episode of the podcast. And you can also find our full 100% official playlist featuring every album that we have ranked so far. I think we might be making yearly playlists now because of how bogged down... It's the...
1: 58 hours long with our next two albums on it. I think we it.
0: need to start the 2021 playlist.
1: It will, And it will start with...
0: Uh, I usually ask you.
1: All right. Uh, mine's going to be Bloodletting by the the, the con- Concrete Blonde.
0: Yes. And because we lost two really great artists toward the end of 2020, I mean, a lot more than that, but in the last couple of weeks of 2020, we lost Harold Budd, and then we lost MF Doom, and uh, we're not ready to do Harold Budd just yet but next week we are going to do Operation Doomsday by MF Doom
1: hell yeah we are
0: yeah wildly influential album um so look forward to that
1: and uh i am going am going go down by the river where it's warm and green <laughs> cause it is not warm here right now holy shit
0: there's some real good songs on that album
1: yeah it, it's very good so. Bloodletting
0: is is not my favorite song on that album but
1: it is a good song though if you just wanna get Drunk and just you know have a feel. It's a, it's a great one.
0: <laughs> you don't mean chop a feel, right?
1: Uh, no, no, get a feel like you. <laughs> you said feeling. have
0: a feel. Yeah, well, ha- yeah,
1: have a feel is like <laughs> have
0: a feeling. Yeah, <laughs> baby. Get,
1: no, it. You say. Let me finish the fucking
0: sentence. <laughs> you had finished. No.
1: <laughs> yes, it is. It is a shorthand for having a feeling or an experience or you know getting up in your feelings. So
0: It sounded like you said you were gonna rope somebody. Like you were gonna get drunk No, that would've been cop appeal. That would have put club.
1: you would have put the fucking cop on the front of there. So like fuck that, <laughs> God damn it. This is what happens, okay? <laughs> I try to be all fancy and shit, and she's just like, I'm I'm gonna be very directly down the middle on this because nuance is beyond me. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I'm 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 all on the surface. Alright, well, that's our first episode of 2021. I think we're going to get back onto a schedule of doing these weekly now that we have gotten through the horribleness.
1: December sucked ass, okay, everybody?
0: December was so bad, it was so awful, and yeah, and we got sick and that sucked. And we're going to
1: start a Twitter account so we can start fucking pushing these things to a fucking Twitter account so people can follow that.
0: You can go right ahead and do that.
1: Yeah, and then you'll have to push them, so I'll show you how to do that. Yeah,
0: that's fine. I don't mind doing it. I'm just not going to run the Twitter account.
1: It's literally a button. So you just put that button in the thing and it's, it's magic. Slack, uh, uh, Slack, uh, Squarespace is magic. Squarespace, sponsor this podcast because I want to say your <laughs> po- your platform's fucking magic.
0: Someone give us money.
1: Yeah, please, fuck. And also, if you do like this podcast or me, or want to tell me how more how much I shouldn't swear, uh, please leave us a review on, you know, that Apple, that that Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify
0: subscribe uh,
1: people have shared our podcast on tumblr we got some traction with the fei wong episode so oh
0: wow yeah i'm 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 amazed that anyone who is a part of the fei wong fandom liked that because boy did i have bad experiences on fei wong mailing lists in the 90s <laughs> it was the k-pop stan forum of its day i the think fei they've Wan all grown up list.
1: luckily we won't do any k-pop on this show yeah that i know of. i mean
0: i like some k-pop but
1: do we, but do we have much
0: there's nothing we, for there's not going to be anything from the 90s that, that would be classified as k-pop that's going to go on the show so
1: there we go we're safe
0: i don't know if there was a indie that
1: but... <laughs> yeah but yeah look for us on the on them worldwide twitters um and if will... there
0: were cool 90s korean and indie bands tell me about them
1: yeah please leave comments on the posts
0: at kuso j theater on on twitter is me too
1: we're always looking for more like international bands to research because a lot of us a lot of this is us pulling from things that we know, and the more information we get from people who aren't us, lets us you know broaden our horizons, learn, learn with you, and I like that,
0: not me, I hate learning, but still tell me if you know cool Asian indie bands because I'm into that.
1: I supplant my personality with books. <laughs>
0: i I can't tell if that was a dig or not, but
1: at me, yes,
0: oh okay, I thought maybe it was a dig at me, but um,
1: no, I was literally just negging myself. It's fine,
0: all right, well, let's get out of here we're we're just rambling at this point, but yeah twenty twenty one uh it's it's gonna be better
1: question mark